This is Dan from Burlington, Vermont, and I'm tuned in to the new TNN. The world is a vampire. Welcome everyone to Concrete Man. Welcome to the new TNN. And welcome to Concrete Man in your house. Rage in the cage. Yes everyone, thank you so much for joining us here on the new TNN. My name, as you know, is Johnny C. And this is our inaugural broadcast for Concrete Man here on the new TNN. And you know, it's back to business as usual. No more side quests to determine if Vince is fit for commentary duties because we are back with an actual live in your house pay-per-view. Now, I do hope you've been following along lately because a lot of the side quests that we went on were a lot of fun. We looked at uh, the Royal Rumble in Fresno. We looked at the dawning of a new era when we covered the Monday Night Raw that takes place directly after the Royal Rumble in Fresno. But as the concrete man said himself tonight... We rage in the cage for In Your House 6. You know, it's the last In Your House pay-per-view that doesn't have an official subtitle. So weep because it is the end of an era. But it's February 18th, just a few days after Valentine's Day. So I'm sure your penile is sore because of all the action you got on a Valentine's Day. We're in Louisville, Kentucky. At the Louisville Garden in front of 5,500 ravishing, bloodthirsty fans of the World Wrestling Federation's unique blend of sports-based entertainment. Let's see if this new era that we got on Monday Night Raw continues. Well, this is certainly an interesting twist. We start things off with Sunny on a beach. She's in a bikini. The first wave that hits her, God Lover almost knocks her face forward. But at the same time, she warns us, that the content preceding this announcement is of an adult and perhaps graphical nature, and viewer discretion is advised. Now, we then get a classic WWF intro video to the pay-per-view, but the words spoken by the lovely pay-per-view intro guy are kind of interesting. So I wanted to perform it for you and see what you think. What emotions beat in the heart? of a champion, a sense of power, euphoria, or perhaps fear, knowing full well that tonight could be the very last night he ever enters the ring as champion. What thoughts race through the mind of a former champion? Rage, defiance, or perhaps frustration, that what once defined him as mighty no longer is his. And what anger dwells in the soul of a man who was denied his chance to possess coveted gold? Revenge, they say, is a dish best served cold. Three men bound by one dynamic passion. Tonight, 
it'll take a 15-foot-high steel cage to harness their emotions and avert anarchy in your house. Okay, so, a couple of things here. Um, obviously, the, the, the people they're talking about, like the emotions and the heart of a champion, and that's, the, that's one Brett the Hitman heart, the thoughts that race to the mind of a former champion being a Big Daddy Cool Diesel, and the anger that dwells in the soul of a man who was denied his chance to possess coveted gold, well, that's an undertaker. So we will see what happens when these three irresistible forces collide in an immovable object known as a steel cage. Of course, it's just Brett and Diesel. But will we see the Undertaker? Shifting from this strange power dynamic, the In Your House logo is back. This pesky little bastard is causing chaos in the neighborhood uh, here on Valentine's Day when you're just trying to take care of business because the In Your House logo shows up at this guy's house and he starts ringing the doorbell incessantly like a madman and then he runs away uh, hoping to get away with this prank. However... The owner of the house opens the garage door and straight up plows into the In Your House logo while driving his PlayStation 1 animated sports car, and we are off and running. Welcome, everyone, to the home of the Kentucky Derby. Welcome to the home of the University of Louisville Cardinals. Welcome to the home of Muhammad Ali. And welcome to tonight, the home of the World Wrestling Federation. He doesn't say it, though. I was blown away. Now, he also forgot to announce that uh, Jennifer Lawrence is also from Kentucky and Louisville because every time I drive through Louisville, I see her banner plastered across one of the buildings. And that's okay. I don't mind seeing Jen- a Jennifer Lawrence, if you will. But way to leave her out. God, was she even born yet? Now I just feel strange and sick because I would have been like 12 when this thing happened. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler hypes up the card. No time for this now because here comes the bad guy, Razor Ramon. I notice that since the last time we were in your house, when we got beat during the seasons, um, remember the ring announcer guy that fucked up the whole thing with Buddy Landell or Buddy Radell? He's gone. The Fink makes his in-your-house appearance known right away when he says, The following is the special crybaby match where the loser will be diapered and fed a baby bottle. Yeah, look at him, the bad guy. It is Razor Ramon coming down the aisle to do battle with the one, two, three kidster. And like the king, or excuse me, the fink said, the special, very, very special crybaby match. We get a recap of Razor Ramon being betrayed by the one, two, three kid at the Royal Rumble, leading to the loss of intercontinental gold. Oh, the gall, the audacity. We also saw the one, two, three kid attempting to bottle feed and strike the bad guy with a stroller on superstars. Razor Ramon summons the pyro. Vince still doesn't say it. All right. Well, here comes the one, two, three kidster along with his manager, the main dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Kid throws up the click sign right away to let us know he's doing battle with a dear friend. He's also pushing a stroller that contains a World Wrestling Federation merchandise Razor Ramon teddy bear. Well, that's cute. We cut to a kid in the crowd that has a poster of the 123 kid. Now, the kid with the sign, not the kid of a 123 nature, but the kid with the sign has drawn a baby bottle into the hands of this 123 kid and also drawn a diaper on this 123 kid. Vince is in heaven. Ha ha ha! 
We're gonna find out who the crybaby really is. Is it a bad guy? Is it a one, two, three kid? And what factor will Ted DiBiase play in the matchup? But he still doesn't say it. And that was a good one, too. It would have actually kind of made sense if he would have finished with, well, you know. Uh, before entering the ring, the kid tries to rip the head off of this Razor Ramon bear, but just qu- can't quite pull it off. Jerry the King Lawler lets us know he's heard some interesting facts, pray tell, about Razor Ramon being an ugly baby. He promises to reveal more as the match progresses. Vince, much like he would with Shawn Michaels, defends the visual personification of a Razor Ramon. Well, he may have been an ugly baby, but uh, there are those who would state that he is certainly a handsome young man, the bad guy, Razor Ramon. Why is it Vince's sentence enders always feel like they were pulled directly from, like, a sound file from a video game? Like, anything can happen in the Razor Ramon! Like, it's just, it's it's mind-boggling, but yet beautiful at the same time, how alive, vibrant, yet artificial he sounds. The kid tosses the baby at 1-2-3-Kid, Razor tosses the toothpick at 1-2-3-Kid, and here we go! Right away, there's some fast-paced action, then... It happens. The one, two, three kid gets clotheslined over the top rope by the bad guy, and here we go. And the kid is clotheslined! Up and up, Razor Ramon, the bad guy, bringing the house down live in your house in Louisville, Kentucky! Oh, yes. He held it back, folks, but the first one is out in the wild, and it absolutely delivered. Let's get a recap. We got extended words. And the kid is... We got Abba the Pop, which is his, like, fast-paced on the top, but it... Abba the Pop! I don't even know any way to describe it. We got a furniture alert, as it is known here on Concrete Man. Whenever someone mentions a house without saying in your house or house-related items, it's a furniture alert. We got live! We got the location. Louisville, Kentucky! And, of course, in your house! Jerry the King Lawler begins to deliver on the promise he made earlier. When Razor Ramon was born, his mom got a ticket for lettering. What? Educated feet now by the Sixter. More martial arts combos as well. Put the one, two, three kid clearly in control. You know, Vince, he was so ugly when he was born, Razor Ramon's old man went down to the zoo and threw rocks at the storks. That's not a very nice thing to say. The kid ducks a clothesline back in the match. Razor, looking like a little high there. <laughs> yes, Vince, I, I would agree, and that's okay. You're allowed to get high. You're grown up. It's cool. The one, two, three kid gets knocked to the outside again. Ted DiBiase gets a handful of that evil samurai salt-esque baby powder. Ted told Razor Ramon backstage he was going to get some powder in the match, and Razor's like, Man, I've been getting powder all day, Chico. I don't know what you saying. But I think I love it. The spot involving this powder is very poorly executed, however, because Razor sticks his head out of the ring like, Hey, what are you guys doing down there on the side of the ring? And uh, referee Tim White is not in a position to avoid seeing the rule breaking. So he practically has to stick his head right up Razor Ramon's ass to not see the powder get tossed. Comical, but poor. One, two, three, kid is now in control. He hits multiple patented one, two, three, kid snap leg drops. He then goes off the top and hits a big splash. You know, his body moves while splashing, but I wouldn't really call it a ribbit or a frog-esque splash. He spreads his body entirely out and kind of looks like a starfish. So I'm going to say 
The one, two, three kid off the top with a starfish splash, but only gets two. Now a sleeper is applied. Yeah, that's right. All little babies gotta have a nap. What? Razor Ramon reverses the sleeper in the center of the ring. At this moment, the one, two, three kid and Razor Ramon put on a botch clinic as they try to figure out who's gonna reverse this sleeper. Razor finally decides, fuck it, and knees the one, two, three kid squaw in the gut. Now, how do I know that this was not was indeed a botch and not just some sort of fight for uh, maneuverability and you know who was going to gain control and momentum in a crybaby encounter? Well, because right after Razor says "fuck it" and hits the knee, he whips the kid into the ropes. The kid ducks a clothesline, and then the one, two, three kid reapplies the sleeper and jumps on Razor Ramon's back. So this sleeper on the back must be extremely important to the match narrative because they were willing to expose the business by redoing the spot to make sure it survived. At this point, Razor Ramon is in such peril. We can tell this because the camera zooms in on Razor Ramon's face. Razor opens his eyes and takes the time to remove some of his own hair that's been placed in his mouth inadvertently. Ah, you know... Razor Ramon was so ugly as a baby, his mother used to breastfeed him with a straw. Aha! The sleeper is then broken up, but no, the one, two, three kid is right back up and reapplies it. So I see here, the sleeper was designed as basically the entire body of the match, so without it, they would have been fucked. However, the sleeper does reap some rewards. Who will be diapered tonight live in your house? Who will be fed the baby bottle? All right. Well, at least somebody's excited to see this thing happen. The sleeper lasts so long that the king starts singing a lullaby on commentary. Uh, Razor, though, is back up. He runs in a circle and then dumps the one, two, three kid penis first on the top rope. Uh, The nice thing here was the circle running by a Razor Ramon. It was Stooge-esque and very entertaining. Both men are down. Razor Ramon and the one, two, three kid going at it. Opening up things wide open here tonight, live on pay-per-view in your house. We thank you for the privilege of joining us tonight and the privilege of being in your house. Oh, man. A double down brings us a double house. But I love how Vince kind of boshed it and was like, we thank you for the privilege of joining us. Like, yes, you're welcome. We allowed you to join us. It's a privilege. Both men are finally up. A slugfest center ring. Razor sets the kid up on the top rope, but gets hit with a reverse elbow strike. The kid then jumps off the top, pivots in the air, and hits a big flying splash. However, Razor rolls out of this and hits a pin. One, two, and no. Razor places the kid on the middle rope and hits a middle rope sack of shit. Razor looks to the crowd like he might give the big signal. They want it! They want it! Razor gives the signal. Yes! Ted, however, distracts Razor Ramon, and the one, two, three kid has powder of his own. Razor turns around and catches the cutting ruse of the one, two, three kid. He kicks the kid's hand. The kid's hand opens, and baby powder flies into the face of a one, two, three kid. Razor's edge is applied, according to Vince. One, two, yeah, no! Razor Ramon actually picks the one, two, three kid up off the canvas and actually gets some booze for displaying this rage and aggression. Uh, one more Razor's Edge is delivered, I guess, to knock out the kid for the post-match shenanigans. One, two, three, and it's over. So, speaking of the post-match shenanigans, as the thing told us, bottle feeding and diaping was a necessary requirement once victory was obtained. 
So Razor Ramon obtains the baby, bo- baby bottle and squirts some milk onto the one, two, three kid's face. He then goes to powder the anus of a one, two, three kid. Ted DiBiase runs in and gets some powder. So he's out of this thing and can't protect the kid. No more powder for the anus, however, but that's all right. Razor applies the diaper. Vince, on the call. All right, half on one side, half on the other. Got the lighter in there, and there you go, bad guy, Razor Ramon. <laughs> Razor then dumps all the powder on the kid and bails. So, yeah, I mean, the kid starts to get up from this assault. I guess he's blinded by the powder because he grabs the baby bottle and holds on to it. I don't know if he's, like, trying to balance himself on this, but it's just, it reeks of, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to have the bottle in my hand. He safely gets up and then comedically falls forward on his face. The kid now up to a semi-vertical base with the diaper on, mind you. Still blinded from the powder, he starts doing his WWF karate hand motions. Ted DiBiase gets the kid up and helps the kid understand that he is indeed wearing a diaper in front of a national audience of a pay-per-view basis. The kid begins to understand the full ramifications of his predicament and cries. The kid wrestling with the diaper now. Does he have it? Yes! And the loaded diaper tossed to the outside. All right, enough of this. Let's go to Ray Rougeau and Sonny on the Superstar line. My goodness, Sonny. She is looking fine tonight. Vince wants to know what Sonny will ask Razor Ramon. She replies, Hey, Chico, what you doing tonight, baby? (laughs) Hey, Sonny, let's talk about the free-for-all. Apparently on the free-for-all, Jake the Snake met up with Sonny and Shades of Heroes of Wrestling showed her his snake. We play the clip. Vince sees the clip. And invents Adam Cole's catchphrase when he says, Ho ho! Bye bye! He really does say this. Back in the arena, I see the broom guy carrying the broom from WrestleMania 1. They're back! Uh, If only this was the same broom that Paul Orndorff famously snapped. But I love seeing the broom guy back here in the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, He's just sweeping out the baby powder. I hear a harpsichord, and that means only one thing. Here comes Hunter Hearst Helmsley, along with Elizabeth Hilden. According to Wikipedia, she's a penthouse favorite. Vince wonders how Hunter knows all of these beautiful women, but then changes course. But, well, this next matchup, of course, is is not about anything really all that pretty. This match is about, well, I guess this match is about who's going to take out the trash. He follows this up with, yes, that's right. Let's go from beauty to the beast, so to speak. Let's go to Todd with the dumpster. So Todd is in the back with Sonny. Wait a minute. It's actually Duke Dros... Oh, oh, it's a different dumpster. My sincerest apologies, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Duke looks to me as if he may have some interesting things to say about the COVID vaccine that lives inside of me. But that notwithstanding, he predicts victory in your house. He's going to take Triple H out like yesterday's garbage. He then leaves. He returns to the interview stage when he remembers it's not yet time to go. Todd shows clips from Superstars three weeks ago when Triple H cut the dumpster's hair. Wow, here we go! Yes, Duke the Dumpster Drossy sprints to the ring, and this contest is underway. Fists of fumes and fromage make Triple H rock back and forth. Triple H whips his hair back and forth. 
which eat with each punch that is delivered. And he even sells a few extra that didn't happen. Hunter Hearst Helsley is in for a fight tonight in your house for sure! Uh, Duke then tosses Hunter by his hair and yells, Sissy Pants! So I guess we're going to see a lot of HBO, or hair-based offense, in this encounter. Duke gets Triple H up for a military press and nearly alters history completely by almost dropping the man. I guess he's not uh, strong enough to keep him up there. Dumpster then whips Hunter Hearst Helmsley with his trash man coat. My goodness! Duke to Dumpster Drossy. More than your neighborhood garbage man, he certainly beats business and boy, is he ever fired up. It should be noted that even here in Kentucky, Duke cannot get cheered. Now, the king at this moment is sitting next to Ms. Hilden, who, of course, accompanied Hunter down to the ring, and he's getting a little tongue-tied. He does, however, find the strength to ask her if she finds Duke gross. She says, Disgusted, but the fight's not over yet! She's actually got some spunk! (laughs) Surprisingly, Vince did not hire this woman. I'm imagining it's because of her hardcore southern accent. Vince takes control back from the king and pitches a few new concepts to our friends over at Marvel and Disney+. Plus. Talk about hair. What if the dumpster were to win this matchup? What if the dumpster, in some fashion, would bring out his own pair of scissors? What if we saw Hunter Hearst Helmsley's hair cut tonight in your house? So stay tuned for the new TNN. Uh, for when we inevitably review those episodes of Marvel's What If. Nice sign in the front row reads, Hello, USWA fans. All right, Doug Gilbert, get down, get funky. Not much to say about this encounter. The match is so super boring that at one point Vince decides to get a little creative with his cadence. Hunter Hearst Helmsley, get Duke. Did I'm Mr. Drossy? We'll see the trash get taken out here live. In your house from Louisville Gardens. And then, later, Hunter Hearst Helmsley against Duke to Dumpster Drossy here live in your house. You know things are going well, but Vince just states the obvious. However, what happens next was justification for watching this awful match. And I quote, <clears throat> Hunter Hearst Helmsley, the American blue blood against, uh, well, against an American tradition to a certain extent. What, a garbage man? Yes, what's wrong with the garbage man? They stink, McMahon. Oh, good, honest day's work. Never hurt anybody. And by the way, everybody, we talked earlier about the WWF Superstar line. Option 8 featuring Razor Bone and the 123 Kid, and it could be that the dumpster is running out of options himself. So, there's so much to unpack here in this statement. First, uh, Hunter sounds the American Blue Blood against the, uh, well, against the American tradition to a certain extent. So, Garbage men are an American tradition to a certain extent. Fair enough. And I love the idea that Boomer Vince loves that a good old-fashioned days of work will solve everyone's problems. And by the way, after that good old-fashioned days of good old-fashioned honest work, make sure you spend your honestly earned American dollar by calling the WWF Superstar Line. In the ring, we've got a double down. Uh, Not the sandwich. Uh, just both athletes are down. I don't know how it happened, and I don't really care. The dumpster stands up, and I can't believe that it's taken me this long to make fun of his t-shirt, because it just says Duke. 
Must be his favorite G.I. Joe or lacrosse-based team of a college nature. Duke is in control now. He yells, Now it's time to take out the trash! He hits some sort of move that is uh, probably uh, his signature. Vince calls it, What a maneuver, trash compactor! Has he ever what a maneuvered a move and then called it correctly right after in the same sentence? Eh, probably. Duke heads outside now, and he's got his trash can. Now, a trash can, in this scenario, is a lid and an actual can. He tosses them in separately. He tosses the lid first, and somehow, someway, even though he throws it so haphazardly, the lid actually lands smack dab on Hunter's face. It makes a very loud noise, and Hunter even sells it, as I'm sure it probably did hurt. The referee just watches this Frisbee-based altercation happen and does nothing. I mean, where's the DQ here? Dumpster throws in the trash can as well, uh, goes inside the ring, tries to use the trash can. The referee takes it from him. And while the referee is tossing out the trash can, Hunter hits the Duke with the lid for the one, two, three. And thank goodness, I believe we are now free of the dumpster. I don't think we'll ever see him again here on Concrete Man. Uh, Hunter leaves. He gets a nice kiss from his gal on the way out of town. And oh my goodness, Todd Pettengill is here to show some merchandise. The WWF store is open for business. We get an animated storefront and a door opens. And we're in a room, probably in Titan Tower somewhere where they filmed this. And it just is made up to look like a cheap mall store. The featured item this week. (laughs) No, it's not Wendy. It's the Undertaker sweatshirt. Wendy, by the way, is the model who's wearing this Undertaker sweatshirt. And my God, someone rescued this woman from her bangs. Uh, The sweatshirt is also available in Bret Hart, Heartbreak Kid, Big Daddy Cool Diesel, and of course the aforementioned Undertaker. And, and, thanks to an overwhelming demand from the World Wrestling Federation fans, we now have these available in youth sizes as well. Let's get back to the ring. Yes, indeed, just about in any size, except for Yokozuna's size, I would imagine. We flash back to the build-up for our next encounter. It's Yokozuna taking on the British Bulldog. In this recap, an errant leg drop in a tag team match causes the triple-header tandem of Yokozuna and the British Bulldog to once again fall to the dudes with attitudes. Yoko then got into a verbal confrontation with Jim Cornette, pushed the overweight Kentuckian, and Camp Cornette attacked with a vicious assault. Let's go to Doc Hendricks! Doc is in the back, and he's all like, Well, I'll tell you, anything can happen in the WWF, and right now we're going to prove it. See, for three years, Jim Cornette wouldn't let Yokozuna speak. And ladies and gentlemen, here are his first words. <laughs> Jim Cornette! For nearly three years, I stood in the shadows while you hot-dogged all the spotlight. Well, it's my turn, because I gave you the gold. And you get all the credit and all the money. And as far as you, Owen Hart, the only gold you wore is when you hid behind me. Me! And British Bulldog, brother, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Because 650 pounds of bad attitude is going to burn Kip Cornette down to the ground. Bonsai! And you guys all still owe me a hot dog. Oh, Vince, get ready for a train wreck. Let's get back to you. Ha ha, no doubt about it. That's exactly what it's going to be live, ladies and gentlemen, in your house from the Louisville Gardens. Now, the British Bulldog had his entrance during Yoko's soliloquy. So here comes Yoko. 
and he's flying solo. The bell rings, and we're off to the races with fisticuffs to start. And then Yokozuna hits some big clotheslines. Yoko misses a big elbow drop, and the British Bulldog takes control, knocking Yokozuna to the ground with multiple strikes. At one point, Jim Cornette gets in a cheap slap across the face of a Yokozuna. Vince mentions that Jim Cornette's from Louisville as well. Suddenly, Yokozuna goes for the bonsai drop, but Jim Cornette pulls the Bulldog out of harm's way. Later in the encounter, the British Bulldog goes up to the top rope. Yokozuna is standing in the middle of the ring. British Bulldog leaps, and his upper arm collides with Yokozuna briefly. Yokozuna sells this as if it's grim death. Serious question, though. Later in the match, actually multiple times in the match, British Bulldog does like a clothesline or a punch, and Yoko does the, wow, 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 selling. And if Yoko's a babyface, why is he still doing the whoa, whoa, whoa? Because the crowd's not going to get behind the British Bulldog hitting with multiple clotheslines, and then the fourth one finally knocks him down. I don't know. Just stood out to me. But I'm not a professional wrestler, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, Yoko is having a hard time, but he finds respite in the arms of the ring ropes. And a big Samoan drop is then delivered to a Davy Boy Smith. A belly-to-belly now as well. Looks like Yokozuna is firmly in control when Jim Cornette runs in and hits him with the tennis racket for an instant disqualification. More racket strikes to Yokozuna. Look, it's having no effect on Yokozuna. The monster has turned. Yes, go ahead. Go ahead and do it. Before Yoko can do it, the man known as Vader runs down the aisle in his University of Colorado Buffaloes t-shirt and rescues Jim Cornette. This segment goes on for a very long time, but ostensibly, Vader pulls some handcuffs out of his leather coat. The heels handcuff Yokozuna to the top rope, and they punch him for like 20 minutes. Well, it wasn't 20 minutes, and it felt like 20 minutes. Seriously, guys, oh my god, it was so bad. It was so, so bad. I got so tired of it, I wanted to punch myself in the skull. At one point, though, I woke up because I heard smack, smack, smack. And Cornette is absolutely going to Turkey Town on Yokozuna as if he was the KFC Double Down. He's just mercilessly pounding him repeatedly. I would imagine that's how he eats a Double Down off of his wife. I mean, you know, you see, you see these guys. You've heard about them, right? I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. Meanwhile, Vince lets us know it's time to get back to America. America Online, that is. With Goldust and Marlena. Now... It's a little tiny room. We've seen this a thousand times. It's the American on America Online chat room, okay? Marlena sitting on the couch just smoking, doing her thing, looking hot. Sorry, fans, but I don't mean to, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Goldust hilariously has his arms wrapped around the helpless America Online technician and is rubbing him up and down. The camera foolishly gets a little too close to the technician's hands, and we can see that he's clearly just gyrating his wrist to make it look like he's typing because his fingers are doing absolutely nothing. Vince tries to communicate with the bizarre one, but Goldust can't hear him. So Goldust starts cutting a promo on absolutely no one. It's kind of great work by Dustin to save it. Uh, Goldust promises tomorrow on Raw he will dance with Razor Ramon cheek to cheek, and they will ooze together. Vince lets us know that Goldust and Razor Moan will battle tomorrow night for the Intercontinental title to set up their Hollywood street fight at WrestleMania. That doesn't actually happen. Vince, however, won't let the technological snafu back in the America online chat room get him down. 
because up next, Owen Hart battles the most flamboyant superstar in the history of sports-based entertainment, Shawn Michaels. And now we do get a nice video recap of HBK's entire tumultuous journey since the fall of 1995. And I'm really surprised here. I'm surprised Vince can stand to rewatch this entire thing unfold before his very eyes. But nonetheless, we cover Syracuse. Shawn Michaels collapsed the night after the wild card match. We hear, tell me a lie. We actually see the goddamn clip from the Royal Rumble press conference. And we hear Shawn say... So I decided to enter my name. Too many names will be included. The Royal Rumble in Fresno. And we even hear the fucking people cheer. The yeah! We see him win the Royal Rumble. We see the interview where Jim Cornette challenged him to put up the WrestleMania shot at the dawn of a new era Monday Night Raw. Of course, that sets up this match, which is with Owen Hart. And the winner gets the WrestleMania 12 title shot from the Royal Rumble. We're back in the arena now, and here comes a man who could very well be going to WrestleMania, the King of Hearts, Owen Hart. Now let's go to an interview with the one and only, yeah, Todd, do we have him? It's true, Todd does have the heartbreak kid. Uh, Sean, has there ever been a bigger match in your entire life? Nope, Jack, this is the biggest. He's going to be kicking it with the click at In Your House. He actually uses it properly, so good for you, Sean. Owen is in the ring, his music is still playing, and the crowd starts to stand and cheer and start getting a little funky. But but why are they doing this? What is it that they see? Chunka, chunka, oh, oh, Sean! Hey, McMahon, look at this! Now, you'll have to excuse me, folks, but a lot happens here. Here he comes, Sean Michaels! Where is he? Wait a minute, there he is! Shawn Michaels, ladies and gentlemen! Shawn Michaels is dancing on the roof! Yeah! Shawn Michaels dancing on the roof in your house live on Louisville, Kentucky! There's only one Mr. Flamboyant, Shawn Michaels, and this capacity crowd! Yeah! It's what they've been waiting a long time to see! Some concussion bomb pyro goes up on the roof. Oh! Oh, baby! Sean's dancing, because, yes, Shawn Michaels is on the roof of the In Your House house prop. And Sean's dancing is pathetic. It's reminiscent of a conservative mom who refuses to drink at a Christian wedding. Uh, When Sean's stock of dance moves have been exhausted, he grabs what I'm calling a rope-type structure. Vince is simultaneously confused, surprised, and I think aroused. Sean swings from the perch. Vince makes the call. Wait. Wait a minute, wait. What's this? What's this? What's this? Unbelievable! What charisma! What athleticism! Mr. Flamboyant, Shawn Michaels, on his way to do better with Owen Hart. Here they go! Here they go right away! Owen Hart, over the pop! And this man has gotten way over the top! Yes! The pride and joy of San Antonio, Texas! Shawn Michaels electrified this capacity crowd before the match is even underway. Shawn Michaels, a young man who will get in anybody's face here at the World Wrestling Federation. And he doesn't care how big they are or how bad they are. Michaels with his quickness. Michaels with his athleticism. Can rock with the best of them. Oh, yeah! So here's a brief summary of what happens during these statements. 
HBK swings from this rope off of the house. He falls to the ground and lands on his feet, but he actually has to fall a decently, you know, high amount. I mean, it's not huge, but, I mean, he's lucky he didn't jack up his knee, to be honest with you, okay? Uh, He then sprints to the ring, attacks, throws Owen over the top. He dances in strips. We get some more big pyro and Sean poses, and we're ready to go. That last Vince, oh yeah, is because we get the pyro at the top of the arena. Owen Hart finally enters the ring. The bell rings. Too many rings in that sentence, but fuck it. And we're underway here. King's like, Oh, McMahon, I think this one's going to be over quick. Well, you have to ask yourself, what kind of a drumming, you know, can Shawn Michaels take? We know he's resilient. Maybe the most resilient ever in the WWF. Now, you may have noticed during this crazy shit that Vince was spewing when Shawn was on the roof, he called him Mr. Flamboyant a couple times. That's like... Some new nickname they're trying to get over, and I'm oh so glad it didn't stick because it just doesn't work for me, personally. So, interesting early moments in this encounter. See Shawn Michaels uh, and Owen exchanging uh, Irish whips. Shawn baseball slides underneath Owen's legs, and then he heads outside the ring, right in the middle of the sequence, and he begins to run around the ring, and give high fives to literally every single person at ringside. But I tell you, fans, and I don't mean this to throw shade, like, Sean's not so much running as he is prancing. That's fine. It's it's a choice. It's a choice that the actor makes. Now, he gets near the announce table. We see an arm, a tuxedoed arm, outstretched. We know it's Vince, but we don't actually see Vince himself. And when Sean gets to this arm, he does what I could best call a ballerina-esque leap, high five with old Vin Man, and we hear, all right, <laughs> Michaels, yes! This prancing goes on for so long, we cut to the wide shot, you know, the WWE pay-per-view wide shot with the live Louisville, Kentucky graphic. Very strange. HBK finally gets back in the ring. Owen Hart will do anything. There's no question about it. He will do anything to defeat Shawn Michaels here tonight in your house. They start chain wrestling again. The same thing happens, except now Owen baseball slides under Shawn's legs and heads to the outside. Uh, Owen then goes to give high fives to some kidsters, but he thinks better of it. Tremendous. Owen just rules. He goes back towards the ring, but oh my goodness, Shawn Michaels is perched on the top rope. And the Heartbreak Kid comes off the top outside with a spinning crossbody block. Did you see that? And he got right back up. How does that man do it? Owen goes in the ring. Sean gets back up on the top and hits a double axe handle. Vince yells, oh yeah, down with a blast. We see a double feature of the crossbody block. And Vince is really feeling it here, guys. His mental health seems to be fully recovered and pristine because we get a random in your house just from the double feature. We see the body, uh, the fly body press. All right, let's get back to live action in your house. The king is really hating on Sean here. I can't stand a hot dog, McMahon. He is that unquestionably. He's a hot dog and he knows that he loves to perform. So I'm going to be honest with you. I know this match is held in semi-high regard, but early on, I just want to punch Sean in the face here because he's doing goofy shit like pulling Owen's hair behind the ref's back and getting Jim Cornette to jump up on the apron and then yanking the hair some more. 
Then he casually leans against Owen with his legs crossed, just taking a little breather and having himself a little Sunday night here while he's got Owen in a side headlock. The thing is, is that I don't mind Sean playing to the crowd, but he's doing the exact opposite of what made us like him in 95. I like the 5 o'clock shadow HBK. The punk ass, like the punk HBK. Like the guy who's an asshole HBK. Like, this is asshole stuff, but it's goofy, fan-friendly, unique brand of entertainment asshole. I want asshole asshole. Like, instead of yanking his hair and be looking like a Tom and Jerry cartoon, kick him in the dick! I don't know. This is not ECW, so I get it. Uh, there's a nice spot where they do uh, dueling nip-ups. This leads to a head-scissor takedown uh, take by Sean. Uh, but Vince, on the call, Frankensteiner! Wow! Wow! I was really surprised by that one, but honestly, Vince probably only knows that move as the Frankensteiner, so I guess I'm not surprised. Owen gets back in control, and King's like, Ha-ha! How about some mustard for that hot dog, McMahon? Vince is like, Well, Shawn Michaels in a little bit of a predicament now, but he did woo this crowd, just like he did at the NBA Jam. Now I'm assuming this is some sort of NBA All-Star Game shit, because that's usually when the All-Star Game is in February, I think. But it just makes me think of the video game, NBA Jam. And when you combine that with Vince McMahon's commentary from the In Your House video game, I just want a video game. I don't care what's happening, but I just want it to be narrated by the NBA Jam guy and Vince from In Your House. He's on fire! Unbelievable! Can't buy a bucket! Anything can happen in the WWF! I guess that's what it would sound like. Owen Hart, in control of the matchup. He's getting jammed now, McMahon! Yes, he is! Owen goes sharp, but no, the Heartbreak Kid knows how to counter that sharpshooter. However, Owen does lock in what I'm calling the Canuck Clutch. King's all like, you see that, McMahon? Owen Hart, he invented the Camel Clutch and the sharpshooter. Uh, we get some more Sean in peril submission spots. Uh, King puts over that Stu and Helen finally have a kid that they can be proud of. Vince leaps into action. I remind you, Brett Hitman Hart is a World Wrestling Federation champion. The title, of course, up for grabs. And in a great deal of jeopardy in the steel cage matchup here live in your house. Yeah, I can't wait to see Bret Hart's house come crashing down tonight. Uh, also, Vince lets us know that Goldust has just made a startling statement on the Superstar line. I called to try to find the information, uh, but nobody answered. A spinning heel kick sends the Heartbreak Kid outside, and he's in great pain. They do the suplex on the apron spot, and Sean hits the rare reverse suplex to the outside on Owen. Uh, however, Owen lands on his feet. Still kind of sells the move. I guess you can't win them all. Sean leaps off the apron, but Owen Hart catches with a power slam. Back inside, Owen's in control some more, and finally locks in the sharpshooter. Ironically, referee Earl Hebner asks Sean if he wants to give it all up. HBK gets to the ropes. No! He gets yanked away. Oh, no! His dream's going up in smoke in Louisville! Uh, a lot of things go up in smoke in Louisville, Vin Man. You might as well just get used to it. There's a fantastic mom sitting at ringside that has a mullet. Uh, she's on pins and needles whenever Sean is in danger. Owen hits a hard power slam. Another one. We get, oh, what of a power slam! Finally, it happens in Siguri. Shawn Michaels staggers and collapses to the outside as if he's selling a Hulk Hogan big boot. The crowd 
So they kind of make some sounds when the insecurity hits, but here's the thing, all right? Sean's on the outside selling grim death, but I, I don't get the feeling that the crowd believes he's in any danger, and I get it. Like, I, I get it. I'm not, you know, it doesn't take away from what Owen and Sean are doing. I'm just saying it's kind of like they're kind of just waiting to celebrate with Sean, and I totally get it. Kind of like sometimes how you do with Hogan. You just kind of wait for the, the moves and the celebration. Uh, Owen strangely goes outside when Earl's at like 8 and rolls Sean inside the ring. It seems kind of dumb. Owen goes right for the cover. One, two, no! King's all like, he should have left him outside. No! He wanted to cover. He wanted to clean pin. Ah, nice use of the carny jargon there, Vince. Owen jumps onto HBK in the corner. HBK moves and dick trauma is incurred. HBK then hits the flamboyant forearm. Cornette bangs on the apron to help out the heartbreak kid find the strength to muster it to get back up. Listen to these fans! Listen to them! Listen to them! Another flamboyant forearm, and Vince says, Yes! Michael's on his feet, and yeah, go ahead! Can you feel it? Owen Hart set up, and huge! Yes! He finished that sentence with just the word huge! Uh, By the way, in this scenario, the word huge equals a body slam. Uh, Owen Hart set up, and huge! It's just a body slam, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Vince, uh, Vince, goodness, Sean goes up, hits the elbow, Cornette's on the apron, Cornette gets punched, Sean goes for the chin music, Owen ducks, Owen goes for the insiguri, Sean ducks, Sean hits the sweet chin music, and Vince McMahon lets us know what's happening, yeah, 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 cover, one, two, yes, Sean Michaels is going to WrestleMania! Shawn Michaels is one step closer to realizing the dream that he had as a 12-year-old youngster in San Antonio, Texas. Now, fans, I think you all know by now that I watch all of these shows with the closed captioning on. Oftentimes, they're botches, and I ignore them. I don't really talk about them. Uh, Sometimes, something clear as day is called indistinct, even though I can hear it clear as day, but whatever. However, every once in a while, my favorite type of botch occurs. Those are botches that completely modify the meaning or the intent of what the speaker is saying. I like to use this as an example. It doesn't really have anything to do with closed captioning, but y'all remember that song, um, How Do You Want It by Tupac Shakur? In that song, he says, All I want is money, fuck the fame, I'm a simple man. But in the radio edit, he says, All I want is money plus the fame, I'm a simple man. Like, it totally alters the entire meaning of this man's poetry. And I mean that. Uh, But anywho, uh, here at In Your House, Rage in the Cage, our errant closed captioner indicates this is what Vince McMahon said. Shawn Michaels is one step closer to realizing the dream that he had as a 12-year-old gangster in San Antonio, Texas. (laughs) So there you go. Shawn Michaels invites a youngster into the ring to dance. Uh, you know, it's sweet. It, it, it is, to be honest. Although, at one point, this youngster, she does the chicken dance. Ugh, I cannot stand the chicken dance. All of you people look like fools when you do that shit at weddings or other public gatherings. Shawn puts her on his shoulder. He does his flex pose. Yes, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Right there. 
That's the World Wrestling Federation for you. It's the new WWF Generation. It's Shawn Michaels. It's the click, and we are live in your house. That, folks, is the concrete perfect example of Vince on commentary. Oh, shit. Now we pivot away from the live action. We go to a promo for WrestleMania 12, and it's one of my favorite WrestleMania promos. I totally forgot about this. It's like in Letterbox, and they show highlights of 11, and the song from Aliens is playing. You might know this song better uh, from the intro video, The King of the Ring 96. It's the one that's like, dun, 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 but it has quotes from critics like, Critics call WrestleMania a stand-up spectacle, you know, and shit like that. It ends with a tremendous shot of the WrestleMania 12 logo, and it has credits listed under the logo like you would see on a movie's uh, one-sheet or like its poster. It's like, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, Diesel, Razor Ramon, Goldust, well, that one won't happen, directed by Kerwin Silfies, executive producer Kevin Dunn, musical direction by Jim Johnston, editor Kevin Quinn, and then it says the title, WrestleMania, in a red font to separate it, like they do on movie posters. Uh, it says, a World Wrestling Federation Titan Sports production Sunday, March 31st. It's tremendous. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, we cut to Vince and the King. They're at the announce table, and the smile... On Vince's face talking about HBK. It's so crazy to see him do his HBA commentary thing live in front of me on camera. The happiness on this man is real. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Vince McMahon's face, lips, and jaw. And yes, that's a weird thing to mention. But you see, Vince pivots the conversation away from a heartbreak kid. And the man himself, like, embodies his phrases with his entire body. He pivots and moves as he wants to pivot and move the conversation, particularly his lips, his face, his jaw. It's unbelievable. All right, now, what are we going to see? I'm coming right here live in your house. Well, Todd Bentgale, can you tell us all about it? Todd! Todd is near the entrance house with the star of the squared circle and silver screen. Also happens to be the president of the World Wrestling Federation of an interim acting nature... Rowdy Roddy Pipes. What kind of a president dresses like that? A great one! Uh, Roddy has some important stuff to tell you. Uh, he doesn't think Michael Jackson's innocent, and he ain't afraid of no booger man. He announces HBK is the number one contender. We knew that. But then he's like, you better tighten up your socks and come to fight, because I ain't stopping to fight until there's a winner. So there's your little breadcrumbs for the uh, overtime period. Next, uh, Yokozuna, I don't feel sorry for him one bit because he's a nasty beast, and if he's that dumb to get handcuffed and beat up, he deserves it. He then calls Vader inbred, uh, and he lets Vader know that the uh, face is not where his jockstrap is supposed to go, but he's going to keep Vader around, and he books Yokozuna versus Vader at WrestleMania. Uh, that's not going to happen. He says, let him go and let the blood flow. Out come Cornette and Clarence Mason. Piper doesn't let him talk, but eventually Cornette does cut a promo that shows how much better he was at the time than Piper, because Piper's all over the place and annoying, basically indicating Piper is a scared of a Vader. <laughs> Piper says, Oh, if Vader loses, Yoko's going to get you, Jimmy! Uh, hopefully the fucking steel cage is set up now, because that's what they're stalling for. I can't handle any more of this. It is done. Everybody leaves. Uh, Vince promises, WrestleMania is going to be aggressive, and we certainly have seen aggression tonight in your house. We haven't seen ruthless aggression, but the aggression was at least in our house. Here he comes, ladies and gentlemen. All seven feet of him. It's Diesel. Now, there's a shit ton of smoke clouding the entranceway here. 
Vince yells, somewhere in that smoke, here he comes. However, the closed captioning indicates, stop firing that smoke, here he comes. It's classic because there really is way too much fucking smoke. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, he's out looking for black gloves. Here comes Pink Tights Brett. Yes, Brett Hitman Hart has never lost a steel cage match. Against Big Daddy Cool Diesel. Okay, I, I think Vince really wanted to say he's never lost a cage match, and then he wasn't quite sure, so he just adds it against Diesel. Diesel really is so fucking big, though. He makes this cage look like a little bitch. The bell rings, and here we go. You know, guys, I gotta be honest. I'm about six minutes into watching this match, and I have got nothing. Like, the crowd isn't much into this. There are some diesel chants, but this match is bad. Uh, Vince is like, well, you gotta believe The Undertaker and The Heartbreak Kid are watching this. Oh, man, can you imagine Shawn Michaels versus Big Daddy Cool at WrestleMania? Uh, yes, we certainly can imagine that, because, of course, that was last year's main event at WrestleMania, you dumbass. Well, at least Vince did acknowledge how dumb that statement was from the king. Back to the match itself. Brett gets tossed into the turnbuckle sternum first, as Bret Hart is known to do. Oh my goodness, both men giving everything they have in your house! You know, serious here. There are a lot of moments in this match where Kevin Nash is in control, and he just stands there and kind of looks around when Brett is down, and he could easily just go out the door. And I hate... It's just, I, I don't understand escape cage matches. Like, I really don't. I don't like it. It just makes everybody look stupid. I believe that. Uh, eventually, Brett gets Diesel down and does the sharpshooter. Like, why even bother? In the amount of time it took you to stand there, look around, cross your leg over, like you could have just ran outside the door. You really could have. Uh, Diesel thumbs Brett in the eye to break up this sharpshooter attempt, and that gets a big Diesel chant. Brett does take back control and starts to do the five moves of doom. When he hits the elbow drop, believe it or not, he goes all the way up to the top rope this time. It's called What a Maneuver by Brett Hart. Brett then climbs the cage, Diesel's back up, and hits a big dick punch. Now, I'm not saying Bret Hart's got the big Theo James-esque dick. I'm just saying Diesel winds up for a big dick punch. Quite humorous. Diesel's down, though, and he's crawling for the door. Bret attacks, but he kicks him away. Bret lunges again. Diesel kicks him off again. He's so close to getting out. But, oh my god! Vampiro bursts through the ring! Oh, no, wait, it's actually The Undertaker. So sorry. Old note from a WCW Must Die episode. It's actually The Undertaker that bursts through the ring. He pulls Diesel down to hell. Three things here. One, I would kill to have video footage of what The Undertaker did under the ring all night. I'd gladly watch it. Uh, number two, serious. When Kevin, or Diesel, I don't want to call it Kevin Nash, is getting pulled down under the ring by The Undertaker... He is selling fear quite well. Like, he's in the zone as a frightened character. He does a good job. Uh, number three, though, when Nash is pulled down to hell, both of his feet probably touch the floor. Uh, so Diesel's absolutely the new World Wrestling Federation champion, and I will hear nothing to the contrary. However, as soon as Diesel disappears in a great moment, uh, a big cloud of smoke pops out from under the ring. So I'm sure Nash is like, hey, Mark, now that we're down here, 
they light up a big fatty. Uh, Brett decides, I'm getting the fuck out of here because I'm a big pussy and climbs over the cage and lands safely on the floor to thunderous booze, actually. Where is Diesel? Diesel was just pulling that hole as if it was hell itself. Diesel then emerges from the hole. The Undertaker, that's a strange sentence. The Undertaker follows. Diesel climbs the cage and bails as well. Seriously, the cage, when Nash is climbing over, it looks like it's just going to collapse Bobby Lashley style. Because, you know, Nash is a big guy. Look at him! He may have seen the face of hell! He may have been there! Uh, Taker poses on the top of the cage, points at Diesel, does the throat slit. Diesel is spooked! Well, anything could happen here in the World Wrestling Federation, but what's going to happen at WrestleMania? And we fade to black. Okay, so... I know I shortchanged the main event a little bit, but it was it was a bit of a come down anyway. But by no means do I think that it will have a negative effect on Vince McMahon and his mental health. This show was a holdover, typical February show. It's a pretty, in my opinion, clean cut middle of the road in your house. So it was fine to spend some time watching it. It's clear that we're moving towards shows that don't feel like the middling shit from '95. I do believe that. Although, with the HBK title run coming up, seeing his character regress in this pay-per-view to a less interesting sort of circusy babyface, it's getting me wondering what it's going to feel like to relive the shows that have him on top. But alas, this show is over, so let's hit the AEIOUs and get out of here. Of course, you'll recall the AEIOUs are the most prestigious awards in house-related entertainment. The most amazing quote of the evening. And the kid is clothesline. I'm going to pop Razor Ramon, the bad guy, bringing the house down live in your house, Louisville, Kentucky. It was our first in your house of the night, after all. The most embarrassing. Well, King, WrestleMania is going to be aggressive. We certainly have seen aggression tonight in your house. The most insane. Hunter Hearst Helmsley, the American Blue Blood going against, uh, well, against an American tradition to a certain extent, the garbage man. The most outrageous? Well, he may have been an ugly baby, but there are those who would state that he is certainly a handsome young man, Razor Ramon. And the most unbelievable, Shawn Michaels is one step closer to realizing the dream that he had as a 12-year-old gangster in San Antonio! And remember, if you've had fun with this one and you want to keep tracking the lifetimes and mental health of the Concrete Man, you've got to subscribe to the new TNN. And do me a favor, write a review, tweet out something nice about the show, maybe tell a friend, maybe invite them to the party as well. I'm Johnny C, a winner is you, and we are pop.